This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Do you hear that? I'm sorry. It's just, let me just open the window so you can hear what's going on in my neighborhood. Loud, right? I should explain. That sound you hear is my neighborhood being taken over by cicadas. They're these big flying bugs that make a lot of noise. And where I live, there is a particular species of cicada that has been blanketing my neighborhood for the past few weeks. A few weeks ago, millions of these creatures dug themselves up from the earth where they had been living and growing underground for, and I am not lying about this, 17 years. Yeah. So that sound you hear? That is the sound of the trees in my neighborhood alive with millions of cicadas that fly through the air sometimes into my hair. And that is the sound I will be trying to block out so that I can tell you a story. Can you all just keep it down for like 30 minutes, please? Okay, I don't know if they heard me. I mean, how could they hear me above all that racket? Let's get to our story. It's called The Blue House. Take it away, Raphael. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. It was a bright summer day in the forest. And it was alive. With the sounds of birds flitting about in the tree canopy, leaves rustling as families of deer trotted by, water rushing over rocks into little wells where tadpoles darted. If you, yes, you, were moving through the forest on such a day and actually paid attention to all of the images and the sounds, the feel of your feet hitting the ground, the warm wind whipping against you, the pollen dust catching light as it floated through the air. If you paid attention to everything hitting your senses in the middle of a dense forest blooming with life in the thick of summer, you'd be overwhelmed by the lot of it. When the forest is at its peak of activity, your brain has to block almost everything out just so that you may walk through and not stumble from the unceasing flow of sensory information. The same was true for Miro, a small chipmunk who now trudged through that lively forest on a mission for his boss. As Miro walked, he felt nearly swallowed up by the green all around him, And given that he was on his way to deliver bad news, he figured being swallowed up might not be so bad. 
he'd spent the entire morning going around to all the paint shops in the forest, asking for the same thing. I'd like three buckets of blue paint, please. Three buckets of blue paint would be great. Any chance you have a blue paint, paint please. Any amount. Just a drop of blue paint. I beg of you. The answer, in every case, was something along the lines of, We're all out. Sorry, no blue paint. Blue paint sold out last Thursday. We ran out last Tuesday. Um, I have none to give you, sorry. I do have some glow-in-the-dark yo-yos, if you're interested. The explanation was always the same. It's It's that that blueberry Blueberry festival. They bought up all the blue paint. Apparently, they made some enormous blueberry out of paper mache this year. Now, as Miro stepped through a patch of shrubs and back to his work site, he felt a knot form in his stomach. His boss, an enormous rabbit named Twig, was standing with their customer, Mr. Winkley, who had hired their team to paint his house. Can you be done by Saturday? I'd love for it to be done by Saturday. No problem. Consider it done, Mr. Winkley. How wonderful. Miro's co-workers, a pair of twin squirrels who were always simply called the twins, lingered nearby, looking useless. They rarely talked, only mumbled. One of them, Miro wasn't quite sure which one, always seemed to be tapping a foot nervously against the ground. Miro stepped further into the clearing, and a branch snapped beneath his foot. All of them, Twig, the twins, the owner of the house to be painted, they all spun to look at him. Who's there? Mr. Winkley said, sniffing the air. Twig's eyes darted to Miro's paws, paws that were not holding buckets of paint. He furrowed his brow. He turned to Mr. Winkley, their customer. Uh, it's just Miro, one of my workers. He's back from the paint shop. How wonderful, Mr. Winkley said. He was a weasel with a long body and short little legs. Presently, he stood on his hind legs and clapped his paws together. I can't wait for you all to paint my house a beautiful shade of blue. Miro opened his mouth to say something, but Twig glared at him until he closed it. Uh, Mr. Winkles. It's Winkley. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, Mr. Winkley. We are so looking forward to painting your house blue. I just need a moment with my team to discuss a paintbrush organizational cataloging. Oh, sounds very important. Mr. Winkley nodded and smiled. I've plenty to do inside then. My figurines need a dusting, and I can practice my new piano composition. He ducked into his house, out of sight. Twig darted over to Miro as soon as Mr. Winkley was gone. 
The twins straggled over. One of them began tapping a foot. Twig crossed his paws and narrowed his eyes. Explain. There's no blue paint, Miro said. I checked every shop. Twig's face looked grim. Did you check the one by the pond? Yes. The one under the boulder? Mm-hmm. The one underneath the human person bridge? Yep. Um, did you did you check the one over by the second-hand rodent tuxedo shop? This question came from one of the twins. This was only the second time Miro had heard one of them speak in the last month, and for a moment he was too startled to answer. There is no paint shop by the second-hand rodent tuxedo shop, Miro said. The twin shrugged. There's no blue paint anywhere. The Blueberry Festival team bought up all the blue paint last week. Um, what, what, what colors can we mix together to, to get blue? The other twin asked. Twig sighed. It's a primary color. We can't mix the other colors to make blue. Well, well, what if we just throw blueberries at the house? That could work. The twins were apparently feeling more talkative than they had in years. Twig ignored them and turned back to Miro. Well, it's obvious what we have to do then. Twig shrugged. Miro nodded. We'll tell yeah, him we got blue we'll paint. tell Mr. Winkley and have him pick a different... Miro realized they were all staring at him. Sorry, what, what did you say? The boss scowled. The twins fidgeted. I said, we're gonna tell him it's blue. Miro blinked. What, we, what do you mean? How will we make it blue? Twig put a paw to his head in exasperation. Someone started the tapping again. Miro looked up at Twig. You mean we should lie? Twig shrugged. Eh, Mr. Winkley can't see. This was true. Mr. Winkley had told them at their first meeting that his eyesight had faded years ago. I'll never know it's not blue. Miro frowned and bit his lip. But we'll know. He wants blue. You heard him. He made that abundantly clear. Miro and the others thought back to their first meeting with Mr. Winkley. Now I want to make it abundantly clear that I wish to have a blue house. I do not wish to have a beige house. I do not wish to have a lavender house. Certainly not canary yellow. Absolutely not peach. And definitely not persimmon. I wish to have blue. Look, demand for painting's been down since the whole natural wood exterior became popular last year. We can't afford to lose this job. Or maybe you can, Miro. Can you? Miro gulped. Gulp? He thought of everything he'd planned to do with what he'd earned from this job. No. I, I need this job, too. Then it's settled. We paint it green. We say it's blue. The twins nodded. Miro stared at the ground. 
They painted the house green. Miro dragged his feet throughout. Well, more like dragged his paw. His limbs felt like they were made of lead. Mr. Winkley popped his head out a few times to ask how everything was going. Everything's going great, Mr. Winkles. It's Winkley. Every time, Miro felt Twig's eyes on him. As they progressed through the paint job over the next few days, Miro felt a growing sense of dread. At the same time, he felt as though he were detaching from his paw doing the painting, trying to focus his mind on anything but the paintbrush dipping into green paint over and over. He felt as if maybe it wasn't his paw. After all, it was someone else's paw dutifully painting clean strokes of green on the house. The day before they finished, Miro's paw painted green while his attention focused on an earthworm on a patch of shaded grass near his left foot. The worm was lazing, barely moving really, Miro's painting paw felt like it was farther and farther away from him. He imagined he was not the chipmunk with a paintbrush in his paw, painting a kindly weasel's home the wrong color. No, he was the worm. He felt a lightness, a lifting of the sense of dread he'd felt just minutes earlier. He was lazing in the grass without the kinds of concerns that pollute the mind of a complex creature like a chipmunk. Life is so simple as a worm, Miro mused, just lazing in the shade, squirming a bit. Not a care in the... Precisely at that moment, a bird swooped down and snatched the worm in its mouth and flew away. Miro flinched. He felt himself return to his own body to his own life. He looked at the paintbrush in his paw. His paw. It was undeniably attached to him. He was dipping the paintbrush into the green paint. It wasn't anyone else. Miro felt the feeling of dread return. Late on the third day, they finished the job. The house was a brilliant green. It looked quite beautiful, actually. Twig and the twins admired it. Miro stared up at the sky. They began to pack up their equipment. Mr. Winkley returned home from an outing. He was dressed up with a new tie and new socks. He sniffed the air and smiled. You're done, then? We're all done, Twig said, smiling broadly. How wonderful. Perfect timing. I can't thank you enough. Tell me, Mr. Winkley said, clasping his paws together. What do you all think of the blue? Miro began to sweat. He heard one of the twins strike up their nervous foot tapping. As if from a great distance, he heard Twig and the twins. One, two, 
three. Comment on the blue. Beautiful shade, Twig said. It it looks it looks good. One twin muttered. Um, it's it's like a blueberry house. The other twin said. Mister Winkley was smiling. He turned in Miro's direction. Twig and the twins turned too. They were all staring at Miro. It felt as if they were looming over him. Miro stared at the house, squinting, trying to imagine it looked blue. Green is close to blue, isn't it? He thought. Everyone lies on occasion, don't they? The nervous foot tapping seemed to grow louder. It dawned on Miro that he no longer knew the right thing to do. His boss, his coworkers, they wanted him to say the house was blue. The owner of the house wanted him to say it was blue. Everyone wanted the house to be blue. Was it right to just go along and call it blue? Miro felt as if his head was swimming. Suddenly, he was aware of everything in that dense forest in the middle of summer: the calling of the birds, the rustling of animals, the babbling of the nearby creek, the tapping of a woodpecker, the feeling of his paws against the mossy ground. All of the things that his brain should have been putting into the background of his awareness were hitting him with full force. He was still squinting at the house, the greenhouse, the greenhouse in the midst of this living forest, battling for attention in his fogged-up brain. He felt the other's eyes on him, waiting for him to speak, waiting for him to say that the very greenhouse in front of him. Was actually blue. Nero looked up at the sky. He saw some fluffy white clouds drifting above the trees. It was a remarkably beautiful summer day. It was almost make-believe. Sunny, blue sky, in a forest teeming with life. Everything working in concert together. It occurred to Miro that him saying out loud that the house was green would be the most alarming, jarring thing he could possibly do. It would be like on this beautiful day, the sun blinking out, and a jagged stripe of lightning ripping across the sky. Everyone would be so happy if he just said the house was blue. The day would end on a positive note. They'd be paid. Mister Winkley would be thrilled. Wasn't that the most important thing? Wouldn't that be the best outcome? Is it hot? Feels really hot right now. Miro muttered. The sun was an enormous heat lamp, hovering above him. Was the sun always this close? What was wrong with these trees? They gave almost no shade. Someone should really come out and take a look at these ineffective trees. Miro thought to himself, "It's not that hot." Twig said, glaring. They were all still looking at him, waiting for him to speak. Mister Winkley was smiling absently. So, what do you think of the color, Miro? 
Is it the bluest of blues? Miro tried to block out the forest, the sounds, everything weighing on him. His mouth felt dry. But still, he opened it. The house, he began, squeezing his eyes shut as he spoke, is a really nice shade of a voice seeming to come from the living forest itself began to chant at him in a whisper. Green, he said. It's green. The house is a is a beautiful shade of green. Everything went silent. Everything. The forest that had been so alive a second ago, filling up his senses and chanting in his ears, fell into the background. All Miro could hear now was the beating of his own heart. Twig's paw went to his forehead. The twins' nervous tapping got louder. Mr. Winkley furrowed his brow. Everyone stood there, silent, looking at Mr. Winkley, wondering what he would say. Finally, in a soft voice, he said, But I said I wanted it to be painted green. You painted your house green? Mr. Winkley, Twig, and Miro spun around in the direction of the voice. The twins eventually turned, not in any rush. There, in the clearing, with the sun beaming down, creating a sort of golden lining to her fur, was another weasel. She was beaming with happiness. Mr. Winkley scampered over, and he and the weasel embraced. Green is my favorite color, the weasel said, pulling away from their hug and gazing at Mr. Winkley's house. It's not blue anymore. Not anymore. Ever since I learned about the wonders of kelp farming, I've just loved the color green. Everything is green in my house now. Miro watched as Mr. Winkley smiled at his friend. He now understood why it had meant so much to him that his house be painted blue, a color he himself would never be able to see. The blue wasn't for him at all. Miro couldn't help getting the slightest bit misty-eyed, seeing Mr. Winkley's joy at his companion's happiness. The team stood around rather awkwardly, as Mr. Winkley and his friend talked to each other for a moment. Kelp farming is fascinating. Have you seen that new kelp farming documentary? Then, Mr. Winkley's friend went inside the greenhouse to set down her bags. Once she was out of sight, Mr. Winkley's smile faded. He strode to retrieve their payment he'd buried in a hidden hole in the ground. Here you go he said, handing it to Twig. Thank you, Mr. Wink. Just to let you know, Mr. Winkley interrupted. The next time I need painting done, I will hire someone else. 
Twig's eyes went wide. But your friend likes the green. It worked out great. Mr. Winkley raised an eyebrow. I may not be able to see, but I am not a fool. And with that, he crossed his paws and waited for them to leave. Miro took a last look at the house and turned to go, stooping slightly. This time, he felt like he really might be swallowed up by the green all around him. Except, Mr. Winkley said, the honest one. What was your name again? The rest of the team watched as Miro turned around. It's Miro. Yes, Miro. I'd like to talk to you. A few months later, Miro was busy stacking up his acorns, getting ready for a long winter. He'd never had such an impressive stash. He'd been able to share with all the neighbors. It was a wonderful feeling. Thanks to Mr. Winkley, Miro had been able to strike out on his own and build his own team of workers. They were a motley crew, a little ragtag. But to get on Miro's team, they'd all proved their know-how and their trustworthiness. Mr. Winkley recommended Miro's team to all of his friends. I've been told his work looks good and he's honest. And his friends recommended Miro to their friends. It turns out that when you're honest, weasels and others trust you to do work for them. In fact, the following summer, they'd built up such a reputation that Miro's painting team was asked to do all of the painting for the Blueberry Festival. They bought up almost all the blue paint in the forest. Tell the truth. It sounds so simple, right? But it doesn't always feel simple. It's certainly easy to do most of the time. But what about when you are under great pressure not to? There will probably be times in all of our lives when this is the case. And it's in those moments when our ability to speak the truth is actually tested. It can be really hard. That's what I wanted to explore in this story. How hard it can be to simply say what is true. Sometimes the most important things are also the most difficult. Okay, I'm going to go off to write a thank you letter to the cicadas who kind of kept it down at least long enough for me to share this story with you. I'm also going to make a request that they stop landing in my hair, but somehow I think they might ignore that part. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. Peter Kay runs my website, www.littlestoriestinypeople.com, and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. I am at work on a Little Hedgehog picture book. Please make sure you sign up for my email list on the website so you can find out first when it is available. 
Special thanks to Raphael for the super important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you to Mia, Carter, and Emer for the impressive sound effects used in this story. You can send me your sound effects and artwork and stories or just say hello by emailing me at ria at littlestoriestinypeople.com. And thank you, as always, for listening in.